You're listening to an Amplify podcast. So, I've had this issue that's been bugging me since I was very little, and I think part of the issue has come from my mother's influence. Mm-hmm. Because if you've noticed, every t- after every um, celebration type thing, they begin advertising the next, the next one. one. So, like with when Christmas. After, like, Boxing Day, they were already putting out Easter eggs and Australia Day things. And I get that Australia Day was a month away, but you don't need to do a lot of planning for that. Mm -hmm. It's just some flags and you're set. And with Easter, they had chocolate bunnies out on Boxing Day, which I'm like, I love chocolate, but not too early. It's like the same deal um, at the Baker's at Hot Cross Buns with Hot Cross Buns. As soon as, like, January's over, hot cross buns, here we come. I love hot cross buns, though. So I'm not complaining about... So they're the, nice. The specific they, food. Yeah, specific foods. I don't mind the fact that they're selling them, but can you not advertise them... So as, quickly. Yeah, so quickly as part of a celebration. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to do hot cross buns, don't have the cross on them, because then they're not Easter. They're just buns. Buns. They're not cross. They're just chill buns. Well, on the weekend, um, I never had the hot cross buns hot. So I was like, I had a hot cross bun that wasn't hot. So it was just a cross bun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, Easter, you can do so many things. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. And yeah, with Australia Day, I don't actually plan anything for that day. I sit around yeah, at home and binge watching Netflix. I don't do anything. It's not even like a thing in my house. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to point out that Halloween, don't need to put out stuff in June, A, and B, Australians don't celebrate Halloween. It's not an official holiday. Well, it's not an official holiday, but for young kids, it's quite fun. I did it last year. I'm not sure about it. I've, I've just been raised in a very generic Australian family who don't believe in it. So I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Well, I have a family from, like, all around the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have a bit of everything in our yeah. family. So we're used to it all. But, um, yeah, with Halloween, it's a bit of a do you, don't you? Yeah. Because it's... you get those people down your street who celebrate it and mm-hmm. then you come from a household that doesn't celebrate. It's like, do we still give them chocolate? Yeah. Do you, do you want food? Or can you just, like, get lost? Yeah. Well, um, my neighbour, who I, I went to school with, um, his parents, they, um, his, their kids celebrate Halloween, mm-hmm. but they they didn't get any lollies at that point. Yeah. So we were given apples. Oh, that's cute. No. I like apples. Yeah, I like apples, except only one kid got an apple and the rest of us were just standing there waiting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Amplify the sound of underage Melbourne. Talking about movies and reviewing them. Well, no, actually. <gasps> it's more of the way that they're reviewed. Oh. Okay. I was so, so excited to review some, like, Clueless or something. No. Well, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> way to rain on my parade. I won't, Welcome go, to the Black I won't parade. break out. Yeah, I won't break out in song there. Um... So with movie reviews, I I refuse to read them for a few reasons, and people are always confused why. Is it because Rotten Tomatoes is really mean? No, I actually sometimes read Rotten Tomatoes, but it's because um, the official uh, reviewers that are for like the Herald Sun mm-hmm. and stuff, 
they're a lot older and they're yeah, critiquing they don't kids' understand. movies. Yeah, so older people critiquing kids' movies is not good. Or even the fact that um, um, big franchises, mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of the franchise and then you have to review it, you're going to give it a bad score. E.g. Star Wars or like or, Star Trek. No, or... so with Batman versus Superman. Oh, right. So yep. there's the meme of Sad Affleck going around after he found out how bad the, um, the reviews were for his movie. But that was just from the critics. However... On the first weekend of it opening, it was one of the top box office movies. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And they're all diehard DC fans. Diehard, the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you know Diehard has its like fifth installment? There are five Diehard movies so far, I think. I thought there was only four. I don't know. Diehard 4.0. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Okay, I've never watched Diehard. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was rude. I'm a big Die Hard fan, okay? Would you die hard for Die Hard? Maybe. Are you a Die Hard fan for Die Hard? Okay. Maybe, okay. okay. I, we need to wrap up the Die Hard talk. Okay. Yeah, so with that, with like DC and Marvel and the Hunger Games yep. trilogy, mm-hmm. I don't remember what um, the Hunger Games trilogy got. Um, I love The Hunger Games. I think it's really good. Yeah, I love The Hunger Games, but I don't think it did as well with reviews. Yeah. Because it was the amount of killing and stuff. Murder, my favourite. Yeah. Does everyone remember when the first Hunger Games was a contra- controversial movie to let your kids see? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 12-year-olds are seeing Deadpool. Woohoo! Not good. No. So, yeah. And with um, Pixels... That got terrible reviews, <laughs> but uh, I saw that and I loved it. Really, I, I didn't see it, but apparently it was really crap. As of critiques, yeah, it's because it didn't have like a proper it's plot. No, it had a plot, but it wasn't like an uh, in-depth plot. Yeah, it was, it was it more was, about the um, the nostalgia of all the video like games, the, like the just the surface. Yeah, and so it was mostly just poking fun at the eighties. Yeah. Type movie yeah. and that and it's a light comedy whereas the people critiquing that i think they're into the more serious and sad movies yep 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 um and it just bugs me with some of this stuff because people people will then refuse to go see the movies when they're like no yeah. it's actually they, pretty they, good and, and they then, see the reviews and they're yeah. just like okay no this isn't a movie to see let's go see this instead yeah or with um movie trailers Mm-hmm. I feel very conflicted with movie trailers because they can sometimes look so good and, and the then you see the terrible. movie and it's shit. <clears throat> it is like shit as hell. Um, and we, like, um, I think it was um, one, I don't know, I don't remember what the movie was exactly, but it looked so good on the trailer. I went to see it and I just sat there. Crying. Yeah. No, it was um, Into the Woods. No oh. one knew it was going... I loved I loved Into the Woods, but I didn't know it was going to be a musical. <laughs> and in the ads, <laughs> in the um, ads, they didn't even have it as a musical. They just had all Actually, the talking parts. Actually, you should parts. know your stuff. You should research it. 
Well, it was a, I'm bored today and it's the holidays. Do we want to go see a movie because we can't be bothered to do anything else? And we were like, okay. And then you see within the first 20 minutes of the movie, like seven families get up and leave because they can't sit through an entire musical. I love musicals. I love them too. I didn't. I was uh, 12 when I saw Les Mis, when I saw the movie Les Mis, uh-huh. and I was a bit confused at the start of why everyone was singing constantly. <laughs> like, can't you just speak and not sing your entire script? script? But, yeah. Yay, death. Amplify. 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 Today on the Thomas Analysis, we're going to do the 1995 Scar Rock Punk album mix thing called Tragic Kingdom, and it's by No Doubt. So, um, I bet quite a few people, maybe, maybe not, have listened to this album before, if you're listening to the show. Please, please, like, text us in at on, on our Twitter or our Instagram or our Snapchat or our Tumblr, which are Amplify Sin, or you can like us on Facebook at Amplify On Sin. Anyway, so Tragic Kingdom was No Doubt's third studio album um, by the American rock, punk, ska... Stuff band, no doubt. So we we did a um. Actually, we talked about a mix last week. Yeah, remember the, smash. the mix album? Oh uh, yeah. Yes. So mix. That's a thing now. I thought we called we called it a smash hit. Oh, or something. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Smash hit because they had like so many different genres in the one album. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the genres, genres, yeah, it's S. Um, are known as ska punk, third wave ska, and alternative rock. What is ska? Ska is like um, a genre that's developed from um, Jamaican music. Okay. So it's just like got some... Reggae. Yeah, some reggae and some steel drums and everything. But isn't that just reggae pop? Not really. <laughs> it depends. Like... Look into it. Yeah. It's a really good genre to look into it because there are so many bands that never get recognised for it. Um, anyway, so this was released October 10th, 1995. Again, another really good pre- Christmas present. I feel like <laughs> lots of albums that we do are just really good Christmas presents and they come out before Christmas and people get to know them and be like, okay, I've heard some good reviews from this. Can you get this for yeah. Christmas? Yeah, etc. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So this was um, made seven months after their um, smaller little album that they made themselves called the Beacon Street Collection. And Beacon Street is a reference to the No Doubt House, which is where they lived and they recorded their songs on Beacon Avenue in Anaheim, California. Cool. Yeah, so lots of people don't know that, but there you go. And um, so so first they had a self-titled album, then there was Beacon the Beacon Street Collection, and they did really badly. Like, no one knew they existed. Um, Anyway, and then Tragic Kingdom came out, and then, poof, we're famous. 30 million copies sold worldwide. Woo-woo! Which which is crazy. It is crazy. I think it's quite um, amazing how you can go albums and albums not being recognised, and all of a sudden you become famous. you're famous. Like, Sia, she was... No one knew of her, and then all of a sudden, Chandelier came out, and she was the be-all and end-all. <laughs> um, you know that song, uh, Bulletproof or something by Sia? Yeah. I thought it was always Rihanna, for no reason. I don't know. It just sounded like her. Yeah. 
Um, so this album, um, it's received mostly positive reviews, mostly a few negative ones, but who cares about the negativity <laughs> in their lives? Um, and at the 39th annual Grammy Awards, no doubt earned nominations for best new artist and best rock album. So yeah, that that's crazy. So um, they had seven singles, which is quite a lot. Saying that it's just like this little album that started, and it's just like, hey, seven singles, cool. So the first single was "Just a Girl." Everyone knows "Just a Girl." Yeah, I'm just a girl. You know. I think I know it. Sorry, Mo- with I think nev- you know it. Everybody knows this song. Well, no, it's the. It's the fact that when someone sings it to me because they don't sound like the artist and it doesn't have the backing track, I don't know what it sounds like. And I rarely ever know, unless I constantly listen to the song, I never actually know what the song is called. Do you know for Just a Girl, they had to record a German version, but it's not in German. It's just different. So they changed the the words from I'm just a girl in the world to I'm just a girl in Germany. What? Do you know why they did that? No, they okay. just wanted to be like, hey, Germany, talking about you, you're cool, thanks. <laughs> so that was released um, September 21st, 1995. So all these singles came out after the album. Okay. Um, then Spiderwebs was single number two. That came out November 19th, 1995. Don't Speak, another, another great song. <laughs> Sounding really cliche right now. Came out. You love all the songs, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good album. Honestly, it's one of the best albums out there. Listen to it, Ashley. Okay. I'm watching you. Um, so <laughs> I'll don't put it on my Spotify yeah, list. Yeah, it's really good. Don't Speak, April 15th, 1996. Excuse Me, Mister, August 21st, 1996. Happy Now, January, 20th, January 20th, 1997, Sunday Morning. Sunday Morning is honestly my favourite single. Um, the the music video is hilarious. They have like they have all their friends come over and they have dinner and there's salad and then spaghetti and it gets thrown everywhere and it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that was released May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven, and Hey You was the last single. Came out four year oh three years after the album was released, February twenty third, nineteen ninety eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they had singles going for ages basically. Um, and the title, Tragic Kingdom, as you may know, if you had a little, like, think about it, it's based off um, Disneyland's Magic Kingdom. <laughs> you get yeah. it? Yeah, I get that, yeah. And on the album, the last track on the album is called Tragic Kingdom, and it it's, like, describes Disneyland as a utopia of dictators. It's really weird. I'm trying to see their view of like, that. It's like a magical place. But it's got so much evil inside of it. Yeah, with all the villains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then with all the rules that Disney places on their employees. Pretty much. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, No Doubt is um, comprised of Gwen Stefani. If you don't know Gwen Stefani, where have you been, honestly? <laughs> like, Gwen Stefani is the backbone of this band. Like, she kept it together. And her brother left right after this album because he was just like, done, I hate No Doubt now. It's not as good as it used to be. And his name's Eric Stefani. Other surviving members are Tom Dumont, who plays the guitar, Tony Canal, who plays the bass, and Adrian Young, who's my personal favourite, plays drums and percussion instruments. There are also um, additional people. So there's um, 
Stephen Bradley and Gabriel McNair, and they're they're really important in the band, and lots of people don't recognize them as members, but they're members. Okay. Like they do all the trumpets and yeah, those are actually quite important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in this album specific- specifically, there was a lot of use of trumpets and saxophones and trombones and everything. Mm-hmm. In the song Spiderwebs, which you might play, there's a really big use of it. Like, it's honestly, it forms the song. Yeah. So, um, just it was released, and then after that, they thought it was super cool, and they made a live at the Treasure Kingdom CD or DVD. So there was a DVD like showing a prof- like a concert in Anaheim in their oh, hometown, yeah. and it was super intense. And it's just like, yeah, look, woo. And so I just want to quickly talk about the singles. So, um, the first single, as I said, was just a girl, and it details um, Gwen Stefani's female stereotypes. And this song arises from her dad saying that she can't drive late at night. Like, she doesn't... The dad doesn't want Gwen to drive late at night. Oh, cause and so the, there are lyrics the, in the, the song that say... of the things that happen, or...? Pretty much. Just because female stereotypes that women can't drive or something. No, there was never that stereotype. I think it was the the fact that... It's like the women have to be escorted yeah. late at night. Anyway, and stuff. so yeah. that was that was just like by male authority. <laughs> uh so yeah. So mm-hmm, that peaked at number twenty three on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. But in, in Australia did really well. Did a lot better than anything else. Uh after that Spiderwebs was written about an uninterested woman who is trying to avoid the constant phone calls of, of a persistent man. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of references to caller ID, caller ID. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and, like, um, screening her phone calls, which you don't do these days. No, you don't, I guess. Anyway, so there were a couple of singles, and then uh, this, they all did reasonably well. Um, on the weekly charts in Australia, they reached number three. Austrian, number two. Belgian, number one. Um, Canadian, number one. Danish, number one. Dutch, number two. French, number 14, which could have done better. Yeah. Um, Japan, 71. And we recently talked about Gwen Stefani, and Gwen Stefani's a like a huge fan of Japan. Yeah. And Japan's a huge fan of Gwen Stefani. <laughs> so when she broke off from No Doubt to have her little solo career, Japan was just like, oh, this is great. Kawaii everything. <laughs> Pretty much. This podcast was brought to you by Amplify. 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 The sound of underage Melbourne.